This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Earners, what's up? Look, today I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind, a real weight on my shoulders. You know, we all have these moments, big or small, that just stick with us. When we don't talk about these things, then they can start to affect our lives in unexpected ways. That's why having a space to express these feelings is so important. I know firsthand the benefits of therapy. It's been transformative for my friends and family. Therapy can help you learn crucial skills like setting boundaries and developing coping strategies. It's not just about dealing with major events. It's also about enhancing your day-to-day life, allowing you to become the best version of yourself. So if you've been thinking about therapy, BetterHelp can be a great option for you. It's entirely online, which makes it super convenient and adaptable to your busy schedule. You start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can even switch therapists at any time if you feel the need without any additional cost. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EarnYourLeisure today to get 10% off your first month. Remember, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EarnYourLeisure. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, I want to give y'all a little peek behind the curtain of producing Earn Your Leisure. It's a lot more than just sitting down and chatting. It involves meticulous planning, recording, editing, and then promoting each episode to ensure it reaches all of you. And if you picked up any of our merch, then you know there's a whole extra layer of logistics from inventory management to shipping. Running a podcast is like running a small business. And speaking of business, I know many of you entrepreneurs are involved in e-commerce. You understand how crucial it is to streamline operations and cut costs wherever possible. That's why I want to talk to you about ShipStation, the multi-carrier shipping solution that integrates seamlessly with all your online sales channels. It's all about optimizing your shipping, connecting with expert partners, and freeing up more of your time to focus on scaling your business. Now let's talk about our experience with ShipStation. This tool has been a game changer for us, especially with automating routine tasks. Being able to manage everything from one dashboard and print shipping labels with just a click, absolute lifesavers. Plus, the discounts we get on shipping costs are incredible. Honestly, it feels like we're saving thousands. And as our show and merch sales have grown, ShipStation's robust automation and reporting features have helped us keep up without missing a beat. For those of you who get overwhelmed by order volumes, ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard is a dream come true. You can import orders from any sales channel, apply shipping preferences automatically, and handle customer service issues right there. Not to mention the savings with up to 89% off carrier rates like UPS, DHL Express, and USPS. It's no wonder over 130,000 companies stick with ShipStation long term. So, are you ready to turn your shipping challenges into growth opportunities? Head over to ShipStation.com and use promo code EARN for a free 60-day trial. Again, that's ShipStation.com, promo code EARN. Start streamlining your shipping and scaling your business today. What's going on, earners? Welcome to EYL University, the number one place for business education. Shadi, tell them what we bring in. Yes, EYL University already has over 100 past webinars from all areas of business. It includes weekly webinars from industry leaders. It includes access to our investment Facebook group, movie club, our book club. It also includes access to monthly financial planning calls with yours truly. But what has been added has access to MG the Mortgage Guys Home Buyers Blueprint over 14 hours 
us everything you need to know as far as the home buying process is concerned. And also what has been added is access to our monthly group chat call. So once a month, me, Troy, and the whole team is going to let you in on our personal plays, our portfolio, what we're doing, and more. So all of that, we are running for a special promo code of 70% off for a limited time only. So head to EYLUniversity.com right now and take advantage. You know how this works. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. We'll see you on the other side. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. Let's get this thing going. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Alexia, all right. So, um, the question that everybody has asked is, um, before we even start about how to get started on Airbnb, what are some changes? What are the biggest changes that has taken place as uh, an Airbnb entrepreneur um, since COVID um, hit? So honestly, guys, a lot of people, the Airbnb, let's, okay, let's not get it mistaken. Of course, the hospitality industry took a hit, right? But I can honestly say I have made the most money ever since I've been in this business for four years, post-COVID. Well, you in Atlanta too, though. That's- I am in Atlanta. Atlanta is wide open. Shout out to that. Atlanta is wide open. So the thing is, I only can speak from my experience, right? I have a ton of clients. And, and like you guys speak about my systems, as long as my clients use my systems, they're fine. Uh, so during COVID, of course, March, April, May, March, April, and like the middle of May, it really only lasted in Atlanta for about two and a half months, maybe three. Um, and, and it wasn't, it really, it, it was bad. It was really bad. But now post COVID with I, me and y'all, I went through a lot during COVID. I had units where the uh, occupancy was at 95% and it dropped to 10%. So at that point in time, what I had to think was, okay, let's see, this isn't about your Airbnb business. The world is messed up. So I almost just had to take a hit with the world. I, I've seen businesses in Atlanta, y'all, that has been up and running for over 20 years gone within six months. And the way I look at it is if if you've been in business for this amount of time, there's no way why three months should wipe your business. That was my that's my mentality anyway. So I, I live every day by if I cannot live for at least a year from today, then I'm not doing something right with my finances. So I was able to sustain during those COVID months. Of course, any anybody wants to continue making the same amount of money, but I had to take a mental step back and say, okay, this is what's here. You have to face this. Are you going to hold up? Or are you going to fold up? That was my that was that was my battle. And of course, God is always on my side. That was that was my go to. Like I I was worried about nothing. Okay, so post post COVID after May. Like the middle of May, it started to pick back up and it was booming. So those systems that we talked about in January, it was like, I came up with 10,000 more systems. There were other mistakes that had been made. I just know that during COVID, like I didn't have an answer for even even my, um, my EYO audience. I didn't have an answer for them because I was going through the same thing too. And one thing about me, I only speak from my experience. I'm not going to tell people to do things I'm not even doing. It was almost like, guys, we're going through this. We got to make it through this storm until it picks back up. Whatever city you're in, that was my thing to my clients and or my or my mentees in other cities. Like we just got to get through this COVID situation. 
You know what I mean? So just to, to answer that question, because I even seen that a lot when my when my episode dropped, people were like, oh, Airbnb is done. The industry is over and, you know, uh, she'll never come back from this. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, so I was like, OK, you know what I mean? Um, but it was it was difficult. Believe it or not, it was difficult. But I honestly don't have an answer on to how did you do it? I wait. I was patient. I've seen. I've seen the. I've seen COVID wipe out different hosts. You know what I mean? I, I'm friends with a lot of different Airbnb hosts, and I've seen Copa wipe it out. But that was only because they were not doing the right things with their finances when they were making. Because you can make good money in this industry. There's units I have clients making eight thousand dollars off of, seven thousand dollars off of monthly, and only have two three thousand dollars worth of expenses. So on average, they're profiting four four thousand a month. Now that's that you bring you bring up a good point. This is something we're gonna get to like the nitty-gritty Airbnb, but this is just general business advice for anybody that's running a business. And it's like, yeah, when, when it hit, it's like people asking, like, well, what are you gonna do about I don't know, it's a global pandemic. The last time we seen this was so who knows what's gonna I don't know what to do. It, we figure it out. It's the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly. not like it's a regular like hurricane or something like this. Like nobody knows what to do. If we knew what to do, it wouldn't be a global pandemic that hits once every hundred years. And yeah. then you you said as far as um, you know, you actually understanding that you have to keep money in reserves. When you have good times, you got to prepare for bad times. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that that helps you because it's like, all right, now nobody's like, you know, leasing your properties. Now you still got to pay the bills on it. But those good times, as far as cash reserves held you over. So I just want to just highlight that even before we get into the nitty gritty, because that's just general business advice that we've spoke about for a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm doing good, but I'm ready for bed. When, when the plane is riding high, eventually it's going to come back down, yep. even mm -hmm. if it goes back up again. So prepare for the plane to come down. And um, sometimes you just have to figure it out. And like you said, it's better it's better not to speak. And that's why I'm glad we did this conversation now, like instead of doing it in, in the middle of COVID, because it's like, you can't really speak about something that you don't know. Like you didn't right. figure it out yet. You still, yeah. you're still going through it yourself. So yeah. now it's yeah. like, all right, now it's been months and you're still successful. You're still up and running. So now we can have this conversation. Absolutely. All right. So, um, Listing. Let's start. Let's start at the beginning of the situation. How do you? All right. I want to. I want to get started in Airbnb right now in 2021. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have a cell phone, <laughs> and that's it. And aspirations. Yeah. A cell phone is so in a couple thousand dollars. What's what's my what's my first what's my first thing that I do? I guess the first thing I do is secure a secure a place to actually Airbnb. Right. Yeah. Step number one. So what's the process with that? How do I do that? So first, um, I get I get this a lot. Do I have to have an LLC and EIN established before I can start an Airbnb? Now, this will only depend on how you choose to get into the industry. So we see a lot, right? You can own, you can uh, become an Airbnb host without owning any real estate. That's absolutely true. Uh, but there's a few different ways you can get into the industry, and it doesn't have to be through an LLC and EIN. So that's number one. Question answer. You do not have to have an LLC to become an Airbnb host. All right. Now, one thing I do do for my clients is I do, I tell them it's not bad to get a um, LLC. So you just better off paying the $100 to $200. Go ahead and get established and getting your EIN and setting up your banking account um, and, and rolling with it. That way uh, you have this corporate housing thing to where you can get corporate leasing and you can go into an apartment building and get uh, two and three apartments in one building with this LLC and EIN that you have. But the thing to that is you got to have at least most apartments required to have at least a year to two years of Dun & Bradstreet history. 
So Dun & Bradstreet is basically your business credit. So as consumers, we have Equifax, we have um, Experian, and we have TransUnion. That's for our personal, our, ourselves, our socials, right? For your business and your EIN, you have a Dun & Bradstreet number. Uh, most of them require for you to have something built on that Dun & Bradstreet number. Now, I've seen apartment communities or, uh, you know, landlords that allow you to get an Airbnb where you have, might have four or five months of history on your Dun & Bradstreet. It really just depends on where you go to. So I do want to I do want to answer that question first. Do I have to have an LLC or EIN to get started in the Airbnb business? No, you don't have to. Do I suggest it as an Airbnb expert? Yes, I do. Uh, it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? It doesn't hurt. Uh, if I would if I would have gotten an LLC when I first started, I would be so much further now. So I was two years down the line uh, and still having to wait to build my um, LLC and EIN in order to even become a corporate housing company. So I do suggest that. So different ways to get into the industry. You can become a co-host. So basically what a co-host is, is Rashad and Troy have their apartment. Rashad and Troy have their apartment in Atlanta or Miami, but they're in LA for uh, their podcast for the, uh, for the month. Y'all are not there. Somebody has to run this property. Somebody has to communicate with the guests. Somebody has to make sure housekeeping gets done. Somebody has to make sure communication with the guests gets done. Uh, inventory is stopped. Somebody has to make sure all that stuff is done. So that is considered being a co-host. Uh, also known, also might be known as a property manager. So I have a property management company and basically my property manager is my co-host, right? How does that work? So if I'm a co-host, do I get to have the same rating as my, my fellow partner when I'm getting rated? So you don't get rated as a co-host. Okay. So you don't get rated as a person. Your uh, property gets rated. Gotcha. So if you had a listing, that listing gets rated, not you as a person. So my business profile doesn't get rated. My listings do. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, becoming a co-host, basically what it is, is uh, you get your email address. Remember I explained it in, my first, in, the, in the first interview, you literally, you have an email and Rashad and Troy add, if, if I was the co-host, they would add my email on Airbnb under your booking settings on the platform as a co-host. So now what does a co-host include? That could, that could, book, that could be um, explained between however you like to do it and the co-host. So different co-hosts do different things. And the average percentage for a co-host profit is about 15 to 20%. All right. So co-hosting could be, like I said, restocking inventory, making sure the um, housekeeping gets done, communicating with the guests, making sure that just the property is maintained well. Most of my clients, 85% of them are out of state. So as a co-host, they're basically not doing anything. And that's what makes the business passive. Your co-host or you being a co-host is what makes the Airbnb business passive. Y'all following me? Got gotcha. you. All right. So we got the co-host. Uh, we could go into corporate leasing. So we just talked about the Dun & Bradstreet number. Corporate leasing could be something simple as, uh, like I said, having two years of Dun & Bradstreet history built. And I see someone said in the chat, it's free. Yes, your Dun & Bradstreet number is free. And typically what people do is, once you have your corporate lease, most buildings allow you to, to, to have a corporate lease and you can negotiate rent prices. So with my corporate lease, I might have, well, with my, my Dun & Bradstreet number, uh, my EIN and my LLC, I might have, I might go into the apartment and there might be three apartments that, that's available. They each might be $2,000 rent a piece, right? I can go and negotiate to get those three properties up under my, up under my business for $1,200 or $1,300 a piece because I'm getting three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you got yeah. corporate leasing, right? You so have really, really quickly in, in the midst of COVID, did you see leasing the prices go down? Because I know yes. a lot of people were trying to find people tenants and they couldn't. And so was that something you used to your advantage? 
Yes, but the thing about it is you're getting that and then people are not traveling. So you're still risking coming out of pocket to pay rent. So that wasn't a good move. Okay. Of course, um, for someone, it's easy. Like this is, for some hosts, it, it's, someone, it's someone's full-time job, but this is how they pay their bills. Luckily, I had other sources of income, which we, which y'all talk about often. Having one is too close to having zero, to having none. So those other sources of income for me, also helped me sustain so the reason why i say that is because as an airbnb host and this is all that you're doing you're you're the, the you're, it's not going to click in your mind to oh let me go get five apartments because the rent is only a thousand yeah but nobody's traveling so you're going to risk paying five thousand five thousand dollars a month for the rent versus another price will probably think long term like okay the world will open back up soon one day but when some cities are still closed some cities are still not open miami's still on curfew I heard LA still has its curfew. So imagine still having to, you know what I mean? Pay those rents out of pocket. So yeah, the rates went down, but people were not traveling. So you still not making money. Yeah. Valid. And um, okay. And also it's important to understand obviously that um, Airbnb is one of these things where it's not like a blanket for every place in America because each state has different, different even right, cities right, right. have different policies for Airbnb. So it's, it's important to you know, know your rules and your, this is general information, but know your rules for where you live. But Atlanta is one of these places that probably is the best place to have an Airbnb in America right now because it's the only, well, one of the only cities in America that's fully open. Yeah. Um, and it has become a tourist destination for a variety of different reasons. People are flocking to Atlanta. I noticed, I noticed from firsthand experience because we spend a lot of time in Atlanta, a lot of time in Atlanta. And every time I go to Atlanta, we every restaurant <laughs> is full, every bar is full, every hookah lounge clubs are full you would think you would think that there was no (laughs) pandemic at all so i say that to say if your city or your state is not airbnb friendly then there's no there's no law that says that you can't set up an airbnb out of state yeah or city city too right and we we know like a city like houston i see somebody just put h town texas is a state that's wide open right now so i could imagine what houston's airbnb uh situation is looking right so you got to know where you live and, and understand the rules like you said yeah Okay. Also with the rules too, not only with knowing your city, all cities are not for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. So people are like, hey, Alexia, I'm in the middle of Mississippi. I'm like, okay. <laughs> nobody's like, oh, we're going to Mississippi for the weekend. You know, nobody's doing that. So uh, I also want people to understand their market too. I live in Atlanta. I've lived here all my life. So I only know the booming cities. Those cities that are not really booming, I can't really tell the market unless I go look into, I would have to go research that city. So I'm not saying that Airbnb can't be done everywhere. It can be done everywhere. But what I don't suggest is a city that's not um, lit or a city that's not where a lot of people travel to. I don't suggest like, oh, I'm going to get an Airbnb here or I'm making this investment. Most people in those kind of cities, they already have a house or something or they might rent out their private guest home and the guest home might pay its mortgage on the real home. You know what I mean? Or uh, they might have a house, they might be moving out of state and don't want to let the house go. So they'll put it up at Airbnb, but it might be paid off. So it could be any of those scenarios. So also with no with knowing your city, also know if if you wouldn't like, would you travel to your city to have fun? You know, like you gotta think about that too. Respectfully, Respectfully. speaking. <laughs> now it's a fact. It's it's common sense. Um, some places, you know, if you in Anchorage, Alaska, it's well, be- Anchorage is actually a tourist destination. I take that back. I don't even want to say the city because I don't want to. I actually just had a client in Anchorage and we were just discussing if it was a good place. And actually she told me no. Well, Anchorage has, that's a different story. Uh, all right, so let's <laughs> let's get into this. All right, so, um, okay, you, you find a property. 
you know about that, right? Uh, we, you find a property and um, you want to list it on Airbnb, right? So you, you got the corporate lease under the LLC. Now the next step is actually listing the property on Airbnb. What's the, what's the process for that? Okay, first, let me tell you one more way, because uh, this is a lot of people's biggest question is actually obtaining the property. So uh, you can also become an actual Airbnb host too. So say Rashad and Troy, remember, uh, say you guys had a five bedroom home, right? You might have this, you can rent your upstairs um, for on Airbnb and you can live in your downstairs. Or you can rent out your downstairs and live in your upstairs. Or you might have a private guest home that's um, behind, that's in the backyard and you might wanna rent that out on Airbnb. So you can either do that as a private room or you can do a shared space. So with the private room, uh, you can have it to where you might have three rooms upstairs. You can rent out each of those three rooms, just like a hotel. Right, so in a hotel, it's, it's different hallways, and you have rooms that are next to each other. So in this same house, you might have three different rooms, so you can rent out to three different people. It might be fifty dollars, it might be seventy-five dollars a night. Versus, you can rent up the whole entire upstairs. It has a kitchen, it has a bathroom, and it has how many other rooms that it might have. You could you could do that. I have clients where their their basement literally pays for the whole entire home. Mm. No, that's right? something that I didn't. I wasn't even yeah, aware yeah. of that until I met somebody, and they was living in Brooklyn, and. Um, they was renting out a room, Airbnb. Because, you know, in New York City, a lot of times, you know, the rent is high, things of that nature. So yeah. they, li they lived in one, but they had a long-term, like a long-term tenant, like month by month. It was an international person that came in and um, there was Airbnb in, um, from month to month. And um, you can Airbnb rooms. You don't yeah. have to Airbnb your whole, your whole spot. So Yeah, your rooms. Yeah, I've, I've seen it happen that's, that's the origin of the story, of their story, right? Exactly, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. They, they started out with the room in San Francisco exactly. and turned it into a full-fledged business. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, all right. So now what's the process to actually get it listed on Airbnb? So before we get listed, we got to get photos taken. Yeah. Um, it's extremely important to have a real estate photographer. Please do not go take pictures with your iPhone, the baby's iPad, <laughs> the baby's iPhone. You need a real estate photographer. So I'm going to give you two websites where you can get a real estate photographer. You got imoto.com. It's I-M-O-T-O.com. Or you can go to um, house, H-O-U-Z-Z.com, all right? So those are two different places you can find real estate photographers. Really great, um, really great resources. But that is extremely important. The thing is, when it comes to listing is, your main contact photo is going to be the main uh, contact to your listing. So the more clicks your listing get, the higher you will appear in the algorithm. And the reason why I say that is because if, if your main contact photo looks appealing, people are going to click on yeah. So I might have this bright enough room on one, one, one uh, listing might have this bright room and then one listing might have just a dull dark room. You know how some iPhone pictures take, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are going to look completely different. Real estate photographers get an aerial view of the, of the actual room. So if I'm standing in a corner, the real estate photographer is going to get right next to me. Versus if I'm standing here with my iPhone, it's going to look totally different from the, from the camera, right? Um, on the photo. So I really suggest getting a real estate photographer. Uh, typically they're about, they run about 150 to $200 and you only need about 20 to 25 photos. Okay. Okay. You only need 20 to 25 photos. So once we got our photos, what we'll do is, well, what I do is uh, I set up Google accounts and with the Google account, basically you will go into Airbnb and sign up as a host. It's so simple. Your first name, your last name. Uh, they do ask for the last four of your social and they do ask for your birthday. So now what I've found is um, along the way with having a criminal record, they'll allow you to sign up, but they'll, they'll like shut down your profile once 
they catch on to it. I found that happened a lot of times and that's a good tip that I like people to know because I don't want them to get to having three and four listings and then the listings vanish because Airbnb shuts their profile down. So they have had this thing to where they're, where they're um, like making it to where they're catching criminal, like if you have a criminal record or a criminal background, right? So I do want to let that be known. So literally your first name, your last name, your email, um, your a profile photo, if you're setting it up as a business, the best thing to do is put the, so if it's EYL University, the first thing would be EYL, the last thing would be university. It's simple. Mm-hmm. So if that's, if that's EYL Suites, the first thing would be EYL, the last thing would be Suites, right? Gotcha. Yep. So the thing about that is when you're initially signing up, you have to sign up with Rashad or Troy last name. Once you get in and they get you verified with your birthday and your uh, last word of your social, then you can go change your name on your profile. But you gotta get verified first because what they're gonna say is, hmm, this birthday and the last word of their social doesn't match EYL. Like, is EYL even a person? Y'all follow me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you gotta make sure that you put your first and last name um, when you're first signing up. And then once you get in, you get your profile is gonna say success. Um, you're an Airbnb host. And then you can go to your profile, to your account settings and change your first and last name to whatever your business name, whatever you like for it to be. Perfect. So we got to take the right pictures because we got to get more clicks. More clicks helps the algorithm. It pushes yeah. our, our, our host up, our home up further. And then we get more people booking, right? So now that we got the pictures up and we got it listed, how do we price this thing appropriately, right? Because we want to have people come. We want to make it affordable. We want to make money. How do we price our, our listing appropriately? Yeah. So pricing is important, right? So the thing I tell people about pricing is that's, that's the fun part to, to becoming an Airbnb host is, oh, I can charge $300 a night and I'm a new host and I have no reviews. Absolutely no, you cannot. All right. So you can have the flies unit in the city. It could be, it could be lit. It could be beautiful. But if you don't have any reviews, it's going to be difficult for people to, people are not going to book you. So you, you competing with people like me who got over 500 reviews, over 300 reviews, or people who have hosted of over 200 reviews. And we might be listed at 250 a night. And, and my unit might be available and your new unit might be available too. Guess which unit they're going to go with? They're going to book mine before they book yours. So I'm, I said that to say when you're pricing and you have no reviews, you have to start off low. And once you get those reviews, those five-star reviews, then you can work, it, work your way up. So let's talk one bed, one bath, because it's easy to crush those numbers, right? Mm-hmm. One bed, one bath. Number one, you got to think about your location. That's extremely important when it comes to pricing. I can charge a completely different nightly price in Miami than I can charge in Atlanta. All right, I have units in Miami where my clients are charging $1,500 a night for one bed, one bath, or uh, I think it's a one bed and one and a half bath. And it's off the waterfront, right off Biscayne. $1,500 a night. There is no way I could charge $1,500 a night for a unit here, especially if it's not a theme or nothing. You know what I mean? For a regular, typical one bed, one bath, there's no way I could charge um, $1,500 a night. So location is important. Where are you located? Now, when it comes to setting your pricing, what you want to do is you want to go take a look at what other hosts in your area have their units listed at. Because now you also have to come up with your cleaning price. So you don't want to have a cleaning fee of uh, $200 and then all of your competition is at 85. So once this total comes up, once this guest total, total comes up when they get ready to book your listing, you're going to be $100 over, $115 over than what everybody else is charging. You following me? So. You. Pricing, uh, you can make sure you know what's around your unit, the attractions, 
maybe if it's a huge baseball park that people uh, go to, maybe a football stadium, is it a bunch of restaurants, are there malls around it, uh, grocery stores, uh, liquor stores, gas stations, what's around your unit? All right, and there's a bunch of different platforms out here that can assist you with uh, getting your pricing done. Like someone just said, someone said something about your DNA. And I hear about a lot of these platforms, guys, but honestly, I don't use them. Um, I am those systems. That's the way I look at it. All right, I don't use any of those uh, platform softwares because I, I, I've just gotten to the point to where my system works for me. All right, but for other hosts, there's different websites like Guesty. Uh, G-U-E-S-T-Y, guesty.com. Your Porter is really great. Uh, AirDNA, I find is really great for pricing too. So starting off, you just got to make sure you start off lower than what your competition is at, just so people can book you. People will risk uh, spending low with no reviews and they will risk spending high with no reviews. So by the time you get to the point where you have five, five star reviews, then you can go up. So if I started $99 in Atlanta for one bed, one bath, and my cleaning fee is 85 or my cleaning fee is 75. By the time I get five five-star reviews, I can go up to 120 or 130. And five five five-star reviews might take me 30 to 45 days. Mm -hmm. Got you, mm -hmm. got you. So so you got to set the bar low, get some income, get some some people reviewing it, and then we can we can start playing the game, right? So we're not gonna take profit right away. We gotta we gotta steady ourselves. It's a lot of it's a lot of information. Um, I hope you guys are paying attention. Um, Alexa, is it is it possible that you can slow down a little bit? I see some people saying like she's talking pretty fast. Yes, I can slow down. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, so let me ask you this. As far as screening, screening guests, how does that work? So screening. So there's four things are required when it comes to screening. All right. That's an email address. Profile photo. Um, email address, profile photo, phone number, and a government-issued ID. Okay. All right, government-issued ID, profile photo, email address, and phone number. As long as those uh, guests have those four things uploaded on their profile, they can book, and they can instantly book. Now, instant booking is different. Um, the thing about instant booking is as long as that guest has those four, those four things uploaded on their profile, they can book me instantly, which means they don't have to, I don't have to accept or decline the request. It'll automatically go through. Versus if I don't, if they don't have those, all four of those things listed on their profile, uh, it'll come through as, an, as a request. And that notifies me as a host, like, hey, this guest is missing something. So then I will go tell them, you know, hello, can you update either your profile photo or your email address to your profile to confirm your booking, all right? So that's a way that I avoid like parties. Uh, it's a way I avoid not really strangers, but people that will come trash your unit, people that are not fit for, you know, how your unit should look. That's the way I do it. I'll, I'll make sure I use those four things. And then also, I, like even for me personally, people have asked me like, um, what are you planning on doing while you're out here? Like, you know, not like on some like, but like we have no guest policies or you can't have any, like you know what I'm saying? No so music it's like after 10. If they do do that, then they're in violation. So if you aren't, if you aren't trying to have parties at your Airbnb, I guess that's one way to go about it as well, right? So the thing with that is those rules, people have their own rules. As an Airbnb host, you can literally say, if you say no talking after 10, like people really have those kind of rules on their on their, on their listings. Um, at the end of the day, you cannot control what adults do. 
all right? You can only manage. And, and that comes with like either having a ring light, uh, a, a ring light, a ring camera on, on the door when it comes to not having extra guests. But what other way? Well, you can tell people don't have extra guests. If you do find out they have extra guests, you can charge them, but you got to have proof. Mm. Okay. All right. Um, so the algorithm, people don't even know. Everything has an algorithm. YouTube has an algorithm. Instagram has an algorithm. Twitter has an algorithm. And Airbnb has an algorithm. So when you when you type when you type in staying from April 1st to April 7th in Miami, and you know, the first six listings pop up, it's not just done randomly. Those people are at the top of the algorithm. A lot Absolutely. of people, a lot of people are not aware of that. How do you how do you um boost your, your rankings in the algorithm and, and get to the top? So there's a the thing with Airbnb is guys, they don't tell you how to get in the algorithm. They actually have a link uh, article out that says the thing about it is if if you could if they could say do A B C to get in the algorithm, everybody would everybody would, everybody would do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So I find that you got to make sure your pricing is right. Hmm. You gotta have make you gotta make sure the pricing is right. Uh, is your cleaning fee set right? Do you have proper discount set? Some people don't do discounts. Some do. Um, is your, how are your photos looking? So Airbnb will tell you, update your photos this way. Making sure a caption is on all of your photos. Making sure you have a description for, uh, Airbnb has different boxes. So they might have description. They might have your space, guest access, um, guest interaction. Everything needs to be filled out. Every single box when you're listing your, when you're listing your um, Airbnb, your property should be filled out. Or Airbnb will come back and tell you once you're done getting published, they'll say something's missing or go update this or go do this. They'll tell you what you need to do. Now, what they say is they'll say, go set a 10% discount for guests that are staying 30 days or longer. You can do that. It's up to you. It's your discretion. It's totally up to you. Personally, I don't do that here in Atlanta because I don't like long-term stays. So I'm not going to entice you to book longer. So I don't do those discounts. But those are the, those are a few things that do go into the algorithm. Pricing is extremely heavy when it comes to uh, being in the algorithm because you got to make sure, like I said, you got to make sure you're competing with your competition. That's the goal to compete with your competition. If you're not competing with them, nobody's going to see you. So, like you said, if we're traveling out of town, we don't want to click thirty pages before we get to the actual place you want to stay at. We might go three or four pages max. So, if you get listed and you make this um, investment. And you're on the 25th page. Nobody's even seeing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, algorithm is really important. But like I said, Airbnb doesn't say do ABC to get in the algorithm. They don't tell you. Yeah. So if if I'm I, I just got I got the right pictures, right? I, I posted uh, my home for listing. What are some things I can do inside of my home to separate what I'm doing from the next person? Right. We could be having an Airbnb in the same building, but what can I do inside of my home to make it different, to make it more appealing, so that more people come? Having cleaning decorations, having, you need to get, make sure you have a pot set. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, I told you last time, it doesn't have to be like a Martha Stewart pot set. It doesn't have to be a Macy's pot set. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure you have something for people to cook. Silver is set. Uh, these are things people miss. You know, it's things that we have in our home, but it's like, oh, this guest is going to be coming right in and leave it right back out. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If maybe the husband wants to wake up and cook breakfast for the wife, he should be able to do so. All right, having a Keurig. And the reason why I say Keurig or even having like a K-pop coffee maker, 
not the coffee maker from 1930 that you got to put the beans in that <laughs> takes all day, right? You want to put the K-Pot in two minutes and go. So uh, that's another thing. Pillows. I found the pillows are huge. Uh, fluffing your pillows on the, maybe having 10 pillows on the sofa and five on the bed. When I say pillows, I mean like if the if the room is white and the, the accent pillows might be blue and gold or accent pillows might be uh, olive green and yellow. You know what I mean? So having those pillows really brings out the, the photos. Having wall pictures, making sure your TV is mounted, um, having throw blankets, making sure you have shower amenities, lotion, travel size lotion, travel size shampoo, travel size um, conditioner and soap, bar soap, travel size. Those are the things that are going to make people feel comfy. Now, since COVID, I really haven't been doing robes and uh, bath slippers, but I'm going to get back into it maybe the summertime. But since COVID, I haven't been doing them. But those are even things that also make your guests feel comfortable. Leaving thank you notes. So for each reservation that I have, each guest, every time housekeeping leaves out, um, they're writing a note. Thank you. Thanks for staying or thanks for booking. Um, you know, hope to host you again or something like that. You know what I mean? Leaving a bottle of wine leaving two bottles of complimentary water, those kind of things. So the thing with hotels is, yeah, they're going to suck the fridge up, but each drink is going to be $2. And it's going to come off your bill when you're ready to check out. So I'll make sure my guests know this is complimentary. Mm. We might leave it on the counter. beside, um, Like we might do a bottle of water, a bottle of water, and a thank you note. Or we might leave a bottle, bottle of water in the fridge. So those are, the, those are some things that I do to kind of set my listings apart. And it, it helps with reviews too. So the more reviews you're getting after housekeeping reviews is the most essential thing to your business. Yeah. I was saying reviews is first. Your reviews is first. Housekeeping is next. But as, as long as your unit is clean and neat and, and, and it's up to this standard, you can get great reviews. Yeah, and I was saying that that was one of the things that you expressed, and I, I hope you can do that again tonight. It was it sounds like these things are expensive, but buying these things in bulk and having a team and a system in place to put these things out, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? So buying them in bulk could be from Amazon. So right now I'm actually working on my own line of hospitality items. So my own soap line, my own conditioner, my own travel amenities, right? Um, even my own sheet sets, my own pillowcases, my own duvet comforters, my own, my, I mean duvet covers, comforters. All this stuff with my name on it. So I've gotten to the point where now my volume is I can do that now. You know what I mean? So before it would be easy to go into Target and get a $20 sheet set. So personally, I only use white linen, right? I don't think I tell people like think about going to sleep in a place and you got brown sheets or you got red sheets or, you know, yellow sheets like it's weird. Hotels only use white linen and that's what our competition is. White looks luxury. It looks clean. It looks neat. It looks better. So it's easy to go and target and get a, a you know, a, a sheet set or a comforter. But think about this has to be maintenance. It has to be maintained. People leave makeup on, on the uh, sheets. You got to change them out. Dark spots get on them. You got to change it out. You got to fix it. So that's why some hosts take the, the easy route and they'll go get black sheets or go get uh, red sheets or go get, you know, a color sheet because you can't really see those marks or those things. What you so, just What you just said... You know, that was a that was an eye opening moment for me because um, I'm on Airbnb a lot. And whenever I see somebody, it looks like your grandmother with like with like floral um, comforters. I automatically get turned off from that because I feel like I'm staying in somebody's house. 
Yeah. Psychologically, I never realized that we are trained to you go to a hotel it's white sheets, white comforter, everything white. So when I see a bed with white sheets and a white comforter, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. when I see. And I never I never I never even thought about that. But psychologically, I'm trained to think that if somebody has floral or pink or red or something, a color, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that's somebody's house. So right. I don't want I don't want to psychologically, I don't want to sleep in somebody's bed. Yeah. But I have no problem sleeping in a hotel bed. So when it's white, I view the Airbnb like a hotel. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's not to it's not to look like a hotel, guys. That's not it. It's just that's who our competition is. Besides hotels, what's next? Airbnb, right? That's just who our competition is. So um I don't I don't want to say like this is what hotels do, so do it. It's just you just don't want to, you don't want to have, you don't want to feel like how, how you say that you feel like I'm about to go sleep in somebody's house. So yeah. back to your question, like with buying it, go ahead, Troy, I'm sorry. Now, I, I don't want people to miss the part where you, you, you just talked about the business that you created inside of your own Airbnb with your own <laughs> sheet and your own pillows. Like that is something, again, scaling from within your own business. That, that That's just a brilliant idea. So again, Absolutely. these are things, these are things that we should be applying, right? That, and Like, don't let this go over your head. And I haven't even told anybody. I haven't told Instagram. I haven't said anything. I'm just the type of person. Um, I'll wait till I'm done with it and maybe like ready to release it to to tell everybody. So you guys are the first to even know that uh, I'll, I'll be coming out with that line and people will be able to purchase it too, like use it for their units. And I'll make sure like I, I made it to where it was reasonable for other hosts to purchase for their units, whether they want to buy it in bulk or not. You know what I mean? I ordered tons of it. So um, that's, that's a, I, I just find it to be, financial like financially it's better for me um, and then I can help other people too like people don't think about using white linen so they're like if they come to my page my page and they see this is what I'm using they can use the same exact thing that I'm using and it's easier right so I just find that um, I'm, I'm really excited about it it's called uh, right Lux essentials I'm extremely excited about it because it took me a while I've been working on it for a little minute now um, <laughs> but it's something that not only helped me but help other hosts too so whether that's buying it in bulk, um, but until then, different websites like Amazon. Amazon is really good for buying things in bulk. Um, Walmart, it's not really in bulk, but you can get a lot for your dollar at Walmart. But most of the things that I that I was ordering, guys, really came off Amazon. Can you can you talk about the importance of furniture? Because I, I remember when, when you came to do your episode and you looked and we were staying in Atlanta at the time. You looked and said, no, nah, the furniture is not right in here. And I see some people in YouTube and some of the earners are asking, what, what about furniture? Are we hiring an interior decorator? Where are we getting the furniture from to furnish our place? So I have my own interior designers. Um, so actually, I really don't, I really don't, I would, guys, I don't even be in that field anymore. Um, <laughs> so one thing that I suggest is, let me tell you what not to do. I do not suggest going to Rooms to Go or Ashley Home Furniture Store getting a line of credit. Don't do that. Um, but you can go to your local furniture stores. Uh, like your, there's different local furniture stores that are a lot cheaper than rooms to go in, you know, those large corporations. You have websites like OfferUp is really great. Facebook Marketplace is even a really great place to get furniture um, and let go. So you got OfferUp, Facebook Marketplace and let go. They're really great places to get furniture. When I first started, I would get, I would literally furnish the whole entire apartment off of um, Facebook Marketplace and OfferUp. So those are really great websites to go to. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it should always be, my personal opinion, um, it should be spaced out. You don't want to have it too cluttered. 
you want it to kind of yeah. feel like home, but you don't want it to feel like home. You want it to feel like, you know, mm. where it's like, it's, it's a nice middle ground. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and you don't have to do too much. Yeah. You don't have to do too simplicity. much. Simplicity. Yeah, simplicity always yeah, yeah. wins. I, I yeah. like the simplicity with a, a modern touch. With a modern Clean, touch. yeah, and neat. Um, I want to go to questions. That's, a, that's a look that I definitely go for, clean and neat. I want to go to questions, but before I just have one last question because, um, yeah, you definitely are integrated vertically. And that was one of the things that really impressed me when we met you. When we interviewed you the first time, you spoke about um, even like the cleaners, um, using the cleaners. Can you explain that? So when we had our last interview, right? And I'm going to be extremely transparent here. I'm going to tell you guys, starting off as Airbnb host, housekeepers will make or break your business. All right? Housekeeping, oh, I don't want to cry. Housekeeping will make or break your business. I literally fired my whole entire team in the middle of the pandemic. All right. There was times where if I had like 10 checkouts in a day and I might have six check-ins back into those same uh, units that were checked out, housekeeping had to get, I mean, housekeeping had to be done. So you got things like, so average check-in time for Airbnb is 3 p.m., right? Average checkout time is 11 a.m. So between 11 and 3, I got five properties that must be clean because I got check-ins to be done. All right. So at that point in time, once I realized the volume I was like, okay, something has to be done here. This is not working. There were times I had to uh, cancel reservations and that's a huge no-no on Airbnb. Huge no-no on Airbnb. Canceling is just, a, you just don't do it. it, it it'll mess up your super host status and it'll, you'll risk getting your profile shut down or getting your listing suspended for canceling too much. So there'll be times where the, unit, the units weren't clean how they were supposed to be clean. The throw blankets weren't being washed. The rugs in the units weren't being washed. They would take two or three hours in one unit. And these and those systems that I use now is what has stopped that. So before what I was doing was I would leave a bin. This is before I got in the field. Um, and I actually at this time I was in college. I was a senior, I was a junior in college, uh, becoming a senior. I was about to graduate soon. So I wasn't really focused on my business, y'all. I was focused on graduating because I was almost there. I was like, there's no way I can quit. In 2019, I hit my million dollar mark. That was an easy, that was an easy um, way to just get out the game where like I'm done with college, but I, I just couldn't do that. So at that point in time, I had no systems in place. I just was hiring different people to clean these Airbnbs that I had, but there were no systems. So nothing was running automated, right? So what I would do is I would keep a bin inside the units. I would order, order a bin off Walmart, order the bin off Walmart. I would put a linen set. So that would be a fitted sheet, a flat sheet, four pillowcases, two towels, four washcloths, a hand towel, and a makeup towel. That's what will be included in the bin. So that way, when the housekeepers were going to housekeep the unit to clean it up, that would go inside the bin that's locked and use this linen that's in the bin for the next reservation. This was a second system that I've come up with. Now, before I started doing that, they would, they would have to take strip the beds off and wash the linen inside the units. So I went from the housekeepers washing the linen inside the units to, okay, now I got to figure out something else because this is taking too long. Washing and drying inside the unit takes way too long. All right? I had to make it to where that, that, that was quicker. So I started with the bins. Okay, so I'll leave an extra set in the bins. That way they can just take the dirty stuff with them and then uh, the clean stuff will be inside the bin. But then I ran into a problem. Who's going to clean the dirty stuff? Or how is, this, how is the dirty and the clean going to go into rotation? So then I got into the system of, I hired a laundry runner. Now I have, a, I have an actual laundry runner that makes like 2500 $2, $3,000 a month, just off doing laundry, 
I'm doing all of my linen. So now this laundry runner, the housekeepers will take all the dirty stuff and they'll take the clean stuff with them in sealed Ziploc bags. Uh, and it's the it's the vacuum seal bag, so you can. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The large size ones, yeah, yep, and you yep, can. Yep. And then another thing is, I use duvets now, so we're not having to. The housekeepers are not having to haul all this, you know, this heavyweight linen. So the duvet is the comforter slips inside the duvet, and if the duvets, we'll we change the duvets every time, but we don't change the comforters every every reservation. We do check them to make sure, you know, things do get on. Uh, so, you know, they, they'll they leak through or, you know, different things like spots will get on the comforters. We'll change it then. So there's been a ton of different ways. And I'm actually, y'all, I still get in the field. If, you, if if some of you watch my Instagram, you guys see that I still get out and I still clean with my with my housekeepers. Because there was a point in time where I had no time for this business. I had lost my love for the business. So I really didn't care what had went on. I had someone totally, we were both in college. She was basically running my whole entire business. And I was just focused on graduating and I had become a single mom. So I wasn't really, it wasn't, I just wasn't there. I just, I just didn't have it. So now I'm confident enough to tell people there's really nothing nobody could tell me about this short-term rental industry because I've really been through the storm. I really, if, if there's a problem, I have a solution. There's, there's an Excel sheet guys that I have that has a ton of different uh, problems. And I promise you the problem that any of, any of you might be having will be on there. So every, for, for every problem, I have a solution for every problem. So housekeeping had become the biggest downfall to my business. And I told y'all this in January. I said, housekeeping has been the biggest. And now it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's great. These systems that, I, that I've come up with, they're in my course. Like, I, I can't wait for you guys to see them. They're top notch. Like, you just can't not be successful with using them. And I found all this out during COVID, y'all. Between March or between March and now. That, that is a fact. So we're going to go to question before that. I just want to um, just take a break for a minute because um, we definitely. Um, so first of all, before we go to questions, um, definitely. So this is something like Airbnb, right? There's no college that you can go to to learn about Airbnb. Right. And there's a bunch of different industries. Pick one. Uber, Toro. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so many different stuff that we cover on Earn Your Leisure where I don't know if people have a full appreciation um, of, you know, that's, this is something that is not, it's not provided. Like you have to just figure it out on your own, yeah. watch a million YouTube videos, or you can, you know, have a certain level of education that can help you. But, um, you know, traditionally it's like, all right, if I want to be a doctor, I know I can study pre-med. I can go to John Hopkins and I can pay $300,000 and somebody can teach me to be a surgeon. And now I can have a career with being a surgeon. But now there's all these alternative ways to make a living, whether it's a podcaster, whether it's an Airbnb host, whether mm -hmm. it's a Toro, whether it's whatever, you pick it, you name it. Um, and self-education is the only thing that will save you in today's economy. The, the government will not save you and um, formal education will not save you either. And I know that because I'm a product of that. I have a communications degree. If I wasn't an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and I was out here trying to get a job with a communications degree from a state college, good luck. it would be wait in line <laughs> and good luck. Good you know luck. what I'm saying? Yeah. I might be able to figure something out for, you know, bare minimum situation. I might not. And that's just the reality. And this is things that we see with a lot of people that, you know, are from our environment. We grew up with friends, family, and it's an unfortunate situation. So self-education is the only thing that will save you at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. it's extremely important to understand that. And also to, um, you know, 
have a high level of respect for people that take their time to provide information. Exactly. Um, that's just a fact. So I just wanted to get that yeah. out there. Um, so we're going to go into the second half of this conversation. And the second half of this conversation is, um, so with EYL University, part of it is that, you know, people get to actually ask questions. So it's interactive. So unlike the podcast where you listen to a podcast and, you know, somebody just provides information for an hour, this is actually, you know, it's a real classroom setting. So it's like, you know, virtually people get to ask questions and that's the biggest thing that always people always have questions and they DM people, but it's not that people aren't answering your DMs on purpose. They just have a thousand DMs and it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we're going to talk about Alexia's, um, she actually has a course where she teaches stuff in detail. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but first I want to go to questions and also remind you guys, this is, this is an example. This is just an example of what we do every single week at EYL University. Mm -hmm. We build great relationships with people. So everybody that we ask to come on has never been a problem. Not one time with anybody that we've asked to come on. And we've had over a hundred classes from real estate to stocks, to investing, to you name it. Um, and then also with EYL University, we do a monthly financial planning call. Yes, we sir. have um, a private Facebook group with 6,000 people, um, which is a community within itself with subgroups inside of that community. Bunch of clubs. Um, bunch of clubs. It's, it's like a real university. Actually, groups. The problem with universities is that it's not, the system isn't the problem. It's the way it's going about and the information that's taught. So we duplicated what universities have. Like we have infinity groups inside of the university. Mm -hmm. We have classes. We have professors that come in. We have a book club. We have a movie club. We have challenges. We have game night. Game the night same, was last week, yeah. That's a fact. The same thing that the university would have, we, we took that because the university is not the problem. It's the price that's the problem and the information that they're teaching. So we're teaching real world solutions. We're not teaching philosophy. Um, but our university is $600 a year. That's the bank. That's the difference. Huge difference. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're interested in joining, you can click the link EYLUniversity.com 70% off yeah. that price changes on, um, Friday. Um, okay. Yeah, so no student, no, no student loan debt involved. And if you, if it, if there was, we just hit up one of our professors, shout out to Sonya Lewis. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. So let's, let's, let's get into this part. Um, we can take a couple of questions and see what people have to ask. Professor Wright, you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go to Tristan. Tristan, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? You guys can hear me? Yeah, we yep, can hear you perfectly. Hey, just want to start off. I appreciate y'all so much. Truly, man. Troy, Rashad, Alexia. It's a godsend. Truly. Dead ass. No cap. No cap. Appreciate you, brother. Nah, all right. So I'm from Miami and um, I peeped the last video that Alexia did. So I got a couple of questions because it seems like for this Airbnb process, Florida really puts you through the ringer. So we want you to get a FEIN, we want you to get a certificate of use, then we want you to get an operation um, license to operate a vacation rental. So I just kind of want to know how you went about doing that and how your clients go about um, obtaining those credentials. And then just one more thing, I know guidelines, but I'll get this chance every day. So um, I know that, like, because I went to buildings already to try and ask them, like, yo, are you guys cool with subleasing? A lot of them would be like, nah, we ain't really about that. But the thing is, you turn around, you go on Airbnb, you see a couple of those same buildings <laughs> have about four or five rooms up in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I don't say nothing because I don't want to jam anyone's game up. So <laughs> I don't say anything, but. I don't know if you can give like maybe one freebie because I know you mentioned Miami a couple of times and I've been looking, I've been doing my research, but it's been tough. So that's about it. Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, Trisha, and hey, so the thing with those credentials and getting those permits and stuff from the city, there's links that's on uh, Google, and I could, I could like easily put the links in my bio or something. I could find them and put them in my bio, and you could just go to it. So a lot of people ask about Miami, and it's a matter of um, get, just getting, the, getting that stuff done, filling out those applications and getting them done. So most of and it's not, I, I haven't really seen it in Miami, but I know West Palm Beach does require you to have like a registration number, uh, have, your have your listing actually registered. And the thing with that is, what they are trying to do is, they're trying to just get a piece of the Airbnb pie. So I told you guys before, Airbnb took $450 million worth of revenue from hotels, and hotels pay taxes to the government. They have all these fees when you get ready to check out. They have an occupancy fee, a remitting fee. They have a permit fee. They got all kinds of fees. And guests, guests on Airbnb, they don't pay all those fees. So now the reason why people are coming up, well, cities are different cities are coming up with these different um, rules and to get these permits is because the government's not really getting paid. They're not really taking anything from Airbnb hosts like they're taking from hotels. So hotels are getting pissed. They're like, then they take all of our money and they're not having to pay the same things we're having to pay. So I literally have people who, my brother, he sits at the city council office and he'll come back and tell me. So I just had a meeting greet, right? Uh, February 21st. And I had the former mayor of Atlanta at my meeting greet to tell people about the different rules and permits for Atlanta specifically. So I say that to say, um, when it comes to getting those permits, it's really not a big deal. It's about filling out those applications and getting your registration number, all right? When it comes to subleasing in Miami, some apartment buildings allow it, some don't. The reason why you still see it is because people, basically they book the system and they're like, it can still be done. When you do it that way, it's all about how you manage it. It's about how you run it. Um, I have a few properties that are like that as well to where it's subleasing, but I've been in the buildings for over you know, two or three years, so they don't bother me, right? Um, and I'm not saying that's the way to go, but to answer your question, that's, that's what's happening. It's the way they're doing it. Maybe they don't go by the leasing office when they check in guests. Maybe they go through the garage. Um, and a lot of times, what some people, sometimes leasing offices will, will send you a, a lease violation because it might not be in your lease to do Airbnb. Um, but if what I, what I, the way I look at it as an Airbnb, as an Airbnb illustration, if it's being done and you see multiple um, apartments on Airbnb from this same apartment building, then most most likely the the building is pretty lenient. There's a lot of buildings like that in Atlanta that they some apartments allow subleasing, some don't. The places that don't, the people are still at where it's a ton of Airbnbs. The building know it's Airbnb, but it's almost like number one, stay out the mix. Make sure that you're screening properly so you're not getting any leasing office complaints. Um, making sure that your guests are checked in properly and they know to communicate with Tristan if they need anything, not going to the leasing office. And with those buildings that I'm in, they pretty much know me. I still go by and show my face, but I, I, I pay my rent on time. Sometimes I go pay my rent early so they don't bother me. Sometimes I might be feeling good on a Friday and I might take the whole entire leasing office uh, Cheesecake Factory. The holidays roll around. I might give everybody in the leasing office a $50 gas card. You see what I mean? So just a little nuggets on how I've been able to maintain my subleasing properties. That's how. So staying out the mix, staying low, making sure your guests are, you know, they know what they're doing, uh, making sure you screen properly so that these guests are not, you know, having parties and having noise complaints and you're not even there to answer the, the noise complaints when they come knock on the door or something. Perfect. That perfect. Was, that was, a lot. Yeah. Appreciate yep. your question, uh, Tristan. He definitely snuck two questions in. Definitely. I didn't even hit mm -hmm. the guideline button. 
Kim, we are coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Kim? Oh, Kim, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> All right, well, she hit the fridge break. Fridge break. She hit is. the fridge break. Fridge Let's break. see this. Let's see this. Uh, Angel, we coming to you. I'm Unmute sorry. yourself. Oh, Kim, I knew it. I knew it wasn't the fridge. Hello? It, it was I'm sorry. Was I unmuted the whole time? Nah, 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 nah. Angel, hold on one minute, bro. We're gonna come right back to you, Angel. I'm gonna mute you for a sec. I'm gonna let Kim go, all right, bro? Okay, sounds good, bro. Thanks. How you doing? Good, We're good. good. Kim, how are you? How are you? Right. I didn't have a question. I didn't realize that my hand hit the uh, muted. I mean, okay. the unmute. I'm sorry. It's all good. No problem. We so, still love yeah, it. Yeah, I know a little bit about Airbnb. I was listening to what she was saying. Uh, I know the last time, uh, I think it was over, a little over a month ago, Noel Randall was on EYL. Um, no. Nope. And she was talking about BNB. So I remember some of the information, but she also shared some great information as well, too. And I would like to thank her as well, too. Well, you're welcome. Absolutely. Shout out, shout out to her. I'm, great I'm, information. Shout out to her. Thank I'm, you. I'm, I'm just not, I'm just <laughs> not, not familiar sure. with who that is, but Angel. Angel, we're coming to you. Um, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted, my man. How you doing, fellas? We good, man. Yeah. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, I really appreciate all the info. Uh, question for uh for the host here i i own an apartment building in little havana uh that's a submarket in miami um a couple blocks away from uh the the corridor that is well known for attracting lots of tourists there's lots of bars lots of things to do and i'll say i'm within a five minute walk my apartment building uh there's 16 units and what i've been considering is maybe airbnb 20 percent of it just to give it a shot and leaving the remainder traditional to make sure that I can pay for the debt service. And anything above and beyond that is just a cherry on top. So my first question is, have you ever um, helped someone um, in my position? And just a second question really quick, what is a typical expense that a Airbnb, um, that a person that runs an Airbnb usually misses? All right, so let's let's go to your first question. So you have a you have sixteen apartments in one building, right? Uh, it's actually um, eight units, two buildings that are adjacent. Okay, and you want to know how to go. So you're saying you want to uh, Airbnb twenty percent just to see how it goes. Exactly, and then you know, as far as owning an apartment building, can I list? Let's just say I wanted to list half of the property. Okay. Can I list the building itself or do I have to list individual units? Okay, this is fun. So what I would do is, uh, because I'm actually working on a 50 residential unit here in Atlanta. So what I would do is, Angel, because you, because you really don't know, um, I wouldn't, it's not about listing the building. What you can do is you can list your actual, so you need to get furnished. So this, so the apartment, the apartments are vacant, right? Well, actually, they're traditionally leased now because I'm about to refi. As soon as I refi, it's going to give me the opportunity to go ahead and uh, test the market. Um, I, you know, I just can't do that now because I need the leases to be in place to refi. But as soon as I do, uh, I want to go ahead and, uh, you know, see if this can work out for me to make some extra money. Everybody's getting kicked out once, he, once the money comes in. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, what I want to know is the apartments that you're wanting to put up on your they're vacant, right? Right now, they're not. But they they will be. Yes. So once once they get vacant, <laughs> make sure you get furnished. 
All right, they Absolutely. need to make sure they get furnished and you need to get your uh, photos done. So what I would do is probably, you could try it with two units. Where is it located in Miami? Like where? Little Havana. Little Havana Submarket, exactly. I've never, I've never heard of that part of, where, where is that in lieu to maybe uh, South Beach? Like how far is it from South Beach? Like 15 minutes away, it's, right? Yeah, and it's like a tourist trap. Like, yeah. Okay, so that's, that's perfect. That's all that matters then. So I would probably list, uh, get you two units furnished and get those photos taken. You don't even have to list the outside of the building at all. Um, get, get the photos taken and list it on Airbnb. Yeah. The same way that I just explained. And just test it to see how it goes. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be satisfied. Uh, but once you get ready to do it, feel free to shoot me a DM and, and you know, we could, we could walk through that process. That's easy. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, and, con and congrats on owning the buildings, man. Yeah, absolutely. Congrats. Yeah. Havana, we got to stop, stop, stop by it, man. man. I, I like Little Havana a lot, man. Angel. I'm actually coming down there, too, um, April April 12th or something. So maybe I could stop by to take a look at them. Oh, yeah, we're going to be there. I love what, that. What, what, are you, what are you going to Miami for? Big Business Boot Camp. Okay. Business Boot Camp. Oh, it's on the 12th? I think it's on the 12th. All yeah. right. Okay. 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 Yeah, Angel. I'll send you a DM. I appreciate it. All right, Absolutely. Angel's a shrewd, he's a shark out here in these streets. Is it vacant? No, but it will be. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that go over your head. Uh, Tasha, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Shout out to everybody inside of Angel's building with prayers up. <laughs> Tasha, what's up? Oh, no fridge break, Tasha. Don't do that, please. <laughs> All right, well, Tosh, have a good night. Uh, Noemi, we coming to you. What's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Noemi, you there? I know you there. You, Hi. You, you wouldn't do us like that. <laughs> never, never, never. That's hey, guys, I, how are you? What a blessing wait. to be um, on with Alexia. Thank Hi. you so much for all the knowledge that you're giving us. Um, I'm currently hopping on into an Airbnb, God willing, within the next two weeks. Um, we just got a house and uh, furnished it all up. We're just adding another bathroom so it could be comfortable. Okay. Um, so the question is, they give suggested prices. Um, should we go with that, um, that Airbnb provides? And then I'm going to seek another question in. Um, do you add your websites to your listings? What, what websites? Like, do you have like your personal websites that people can just like go and book? No, you can't do the, that. You can't do that, right? You can. You can only do that if you have like your own platform. So, like, if I was to make AlexiaWrightListings.com, it would typically be the same as Airbnb.com. Um, but the the only way to do that is Airbnb do, does have it to where if you have multiple listings or even if you have one listing, you can share your profile, uh, your link to your profile, your Airbnb profile, and then uh, people can see your actual, all of your listings up under that profile. But there's no like website, like knowingmedoesit.com with all of your listings. No, there's not a website. It's just Airbnb.com. Got it. Okay. And then as far as the suggested prices that Airbnb gives, um, do you, should you, should we go by those recommended prices? So the thing with those prices is sometimes they could be really, really low, way too low. Okay. If you do That's not okay. go with those prices, it doesn't mean that you won't appear in the algorithm. Um, I, I really, I don't really use those prices, honestly. Um, sometimes if you even do the numbers on it, it won't even allow you to make rent. Uh, so sometimes right. they're just, 
it's just a system that they have. It's called smart pricing. Um, and, and it's almost like, so with hotels, hotels have their own pricing system. I'm not really sure what it's called. I'm pretty sure they all have different pricing systems. But like when there's a game in town, right, the prices are skyrocketed. So the, the, uh, on a regular weekend, this hotel might be $90 a night. But then when the football game comes or the basketball game comes and it's all-star weekend, that same $90 hotel could go up to $1,000 a night. And that's, those are the different pricing strategies um, right there. But with Airbnb, I don't use, I, use, I do use smart pricing, but I set a minimum. So I'll set a minimum that I do not want to go below this price. Got and it. then you can set a maximum price. You don't want to go above this price. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank, thank you. Congratulations, Sue. Thanks. Do, 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 do. Let's go to uh, Brittany. Brittany, we are coming to you. Brittany, unmute yourself. You have been unmuted. Where'd you go, Brittany? Oh, there you go. Brittany, what's going on? You're unmuted, but I think you might not have unmuted yourself. Brittany, you there? Well, guess not. Damn, Brittany. Love is love. All right, uh, let's move, let's move. Michael, we coming to you. Michael, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's, what's going, going on? on? What's how you? Going on? I'm all right. How you doing, Alexia? Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm all right. Um, I wanted to know what what type of requirements or what's, what is your process of looking for your the cleaning company or the people who's going to be cleaning your properties? Um, so for me, I have my own housekeeping team. So I have my own... Uh, housekeepers right but starting off as a host you can go to go to a website it's called turnoverbnb.co it's t-u-r-n-o-v-e-r b as in boy n as in nancy b as in boy.com very simple way to find a housekeeper so what you will do is you would export your airbnb calendar to turnoverbnb and as soon as you get a booking, that checkout date goes to turnover BNB. And what housekeepers will do is they'll put in bids to clean your place. So you're gonna get hits like this. Like there's gonna be like 50 housekeepers hit you up. Like, hey, I can, I can, hey, Mikhail, I can clean your place, place for $100. Hey, I can clean your place for 85. Hey, I can clean it for $60. It's called turnover BNB. All right, so like turnoverbnb.com. Very good way to find housekeepers and it's national. So. And then you can also go on Facebook too. There's a bunch of different Facebook groups that you can find housekeepers in your area. But I find turnover BNB to be the most efficient. And the thing with that is you want to make sure that you try to build a relationship so that you're not having, you're not having to explain your cleaning process or your systems to five different people throughout the week. You want to just try to, you know, maybe find two and work your way and just try to stick with one of those two. Or if one might not be available, you can hop to the other one. But the goal there is to build a relationship with uh, those housekeepers on, on turnover BNB, so they could be your personal housekeeper. That way, um, it'll get to the point where you guys might not even use turnover BNB anymore. And do you set a, a pay rate from the door, or how, how do you work that out? You can negotiate. So, like I said, you got to make sure that you have a cleaning price uh, set within competition of your other listings in the area for wherever your property is. So you don't want to be at hundred dollars a night, and then everybody else is at seventy. Uh, so you want to make sure that you are setting the right cleaning fee. Now, sometimes some cleaners will uh, give you a lower bid than what you actually charge, and you can just make a cap off housekeeping. Uh, but for me, unfortunately, my boyfriend runs the housekeeping company, so he knows what units are being cleaned, so I can't make anything off him. 
<laughs> yeah, you have it. Well, I used to. I used to cap like thirty dollars per reservation. Yeah, you have it. Gotta watch every. Gotta watch every. Appreciate dollar. you, Michael. Gotta watch I, every dollar these days. Lexi, when, when you're looking for uh, a listing, is there a specific uh, rate of return that you like to see, or uh, you like to put in place before you you make that a, a new uh, site for you? Um, absolutely. I mean, honestly, absolutely not. Like, I'm I'm so tuned into the business that I know it's gonna work. Troy, uh, I, I don't even I don't even do numbers anymore. I I list I, the only numbers I crunch is furniture. I make sure that furniture doesn't go above a certain budget which for a one bed, one bag is typically around um, 4,500. So as long as I don't go above that, then we're good to go. But other than that, I, t- I, I honestly don't, I don't I look for rates of returns. But the thing that I tell people is that's, that's the, uh, one of the biggest questions that I get from my clients is what, how, what can I expect to see? And honestly, guys, due to COVID, so in 2017, I was able to tell you to project what was going to happen in 2018. In 2018, I was able to project what would happen in 2019. But oh hell, when 2020 came, the whole, everything changed. So I'm still figuring out numbers. If I compare my numbers from June uh, 2020 to June 2019, they're totally different. So 17, 18, 19 were all the same. And 20 was totally different. So like I said, I like to work off experience. And if I don't know something, then I don't tell it to anybody else. Uh, so I said it to say with the pricing, I'm still fi- well with the um, return on investment. I'm still figuring that margin out. Gotcha. We have. But to- I also want to say the longer that you're on the platform, the more money that you make. So don't look at it as you might you might profit three four hundred dollars a month uh, in your first three or four months, but that's because your your pricing is low because you don't have many reviews. So you're you're not supposed to be making the same amount that you make in the first month in your twelfth month. It's not it's not supposed to be the same. So you're going to start off making, uh, you know, little profits. And then once you work, work your way up to getting more and more reviews, you can charge more per night and you can profit more the longer that you're on the platform. So you got to stick it out. Yeah, you have it. It wouldn't be a YouTube if somebody didn't make the same comment over and over again. Yes, the Dak Prescott comparison. Oh my gosh, again? It's getting tired. Yo, I thought that was Dak, yo. <laughs> no, I don't know Dak. And uh, I'm not sitting next to him. Got it. I got it. No, uh, duly noted. Okay. Duly we, we got it out the way. All right. Uh, Samuel, you've been unmuted. Unmute yourself. My fault. How you doing, guys? Um, thank you for for picking me. I really appreciate it. Dak, Dak. I said Dak. I mean, uh, you got me. Yeah, you got Sam, me. Samuel, you got Sam, this is some background Sam, noise. It's like a horror movie in the background. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm I didn't know what was going on. I just heard screaming. I didn't know it was an infant. God bless him. Blessings. Blessings. <laughs> so um I, just, I didn't know. I just heard screaming. I didn't know what was going baby, on. Baby, man. So it was like the nah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I did watching they watching some video games in on YouTube right now. So. Yeah, I know how it is, man. This guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, what's your question? But um, but um, so I recently just purchased like a three-family home and um the tenants you know, haven't been paying or whatever. So we decided to like, you know, rent out our, our um, floor for Airbnb. So like the main space or whatever, right? So the one thing I had ran into was like people who would say that they will have like two or three guests, but then have like 30 guests and have like a whole whole party. So like, what do you do with that? Well, uh- and knock on the door. 
I do. There's a video on my page, actually, on my highlights up under property management and the, the way, so I have ring cameras on some of my properties, right? And the thing that I like to tell my guests is be transparent with me. If you're going to have a few friends over, that's fine. Just keep your noise level low. So I don't make it to where like, hey, don't bring more than five people in the unit. I don't do that. I want you to have a good time. I want you to be able to enjoy yourself, but let's also act like adults. So let's keep the noise level low and, you know, don't play loud music. But the thing about that is I, I actually do, due to my screening, guys, the screening process that I told you guys, I actually get pretty good guests. I really rarely run into party problems or extra guest problems. So um, not too long ago, I had some guests that stayed and they were like, they were like, it was going to be two people. And it was my ring camera. It'll come up on your phone immediately. It'll say this many people uh, walk past your camera and it'll count exactly how many bodies walk past your camera. So the thing what guests started doing was they'll try to get right by the door and they'll slide by like this. So this particular guest that I pulled up on, that's what they were doing. And with the ring camera, you can see the whole entire, uh, like, so if I'm standing, if, if I'm the camera, I can see like exactly right beside the cameras, right? So they're like, I'm, I'm looking at the camera because I just kept getting ring notifications. And once I keep getting it, then I know multiple people are walking past the door. So they're going like this. So I'm just watching them. And with, my, with, with the counter ring camera I got, I can speak to them through the camera. So I'm like, I can see you. <laughs> so the thing with this is the way that the, the, I've gotten so comfortable with this business to where, like, just don't even play with me almost. You know what I mean? Like, it's unnecessary. I'm such a cool host and I let my guests do their thing. Like, I don't bother them. Y'all want to have wine? Y'all want to have bottles? Maybe invite a few friends over? It's cool. Just don't get outrageous, right? So at this point in time, I'm like, I can see you. So they're like, still trying to slide by the camera and everybody just vanished, like everybody just moves away. So I see more people coming through. So I was like, okay, cool. So y'all want to play with me? Like, all right, cool. So personally, me, y'all, I, I really, it's a, some people call it a security thing, but I'll pull up with my gun on my hip and I'll knock on the door. Like you in my personal space. You at my apartment. That's Atlanta. I said, she's she showing up with the cleaning crew, the real cleaning crew. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be Atlanta. Don't let that go over your head, man. She said, I will pull up with my gun on my waist. We ain't playing. Yeah, so no, seriously, like people, people will say, oh, you're a woman and, and you're a girl. But honestly, I've never had a problem with uh, pulling up to any of my units because it's almost like for me to pull up, for me to have to get out of my, my bed or stop what I'm doing to come here, then there's a like we have a problem. So yeah. that, that particular unit, it had 14 people and she's like, it's only, only going to be two. And you still got people sneaking by the camera. So, yeah, I'm on the way. Yeah. And when I got there, she's like, oh, um, I just got the shower. I'm like, bro, I just seen people walk in here. <laughs> you, put, you put the ice cube. Do we got a problem? Like, I, I, I see 15 people. She was like, um, it's just a few of my friends, but but I'm like, but what? So I, I explained it to her, right? I was a very transparent. I let her know straight up. So look, I'm not that kind of host. And sometimes people will get the wrong interpretation of my profile and they'll think I'm this um, you know, Caucasian corporate guy. And they'll think that I'm just, I'm not a, a young black woman. They'll look at me totally different from the way my profile is ran and how many listings I have. So when they actually see me, they're like, oh, you're the person behind it. It's a whole nother story. I shouldn't have to show my face for you to respect my business. 
So when I pulled up to her, I let her know, like, hey, like, I'm not that kind of host. You guys are cool. You guys don't have to sneak by the camera. If you want to have 14 people and you guys keep it down, I don't have a problem with that. If she would have said, hey, Alexia, I got eight, nine people, you know, pulling up. We just going to have a few drinks and we just going to, you know what I'm saying, chop it up and, and just have watch a little TV and do this. I would have been like, okay, cool. I appreciate you for even letting me know that because some guests will not even let you know and they'll try to do it on the slide, end up throwing a, a, a big ass party or something. You know what I'm saying? So I had to let her know, like, just as a host, this is unnecessary. I'm okay with your guests being here. They don't have to sneak by the camera. So because she wasn't answering my phone call, I had to just pull up on her and let her know, you know, you can, you can abide by my rules or you can leave. Yeah. Do, do you, are you able to charge like per person at that point? Or how does that work? You can, but honestly, guys, I pick my battles in this business and I'm just not one of those petty hosts. Uh, but you can charge per guest. You can charge $15 per guest. I've seen hosts charge $25 per guest. You can charge whatever amount. But in order for you to be able to be able to charge, you have to have that already listed on your on your profile. So Airbnb has this uh, feature to where you can list extra, it's an extra guest fee. So if you want to charge $10 per guest, that you can't wait until you got 20 people in to try to go charge $10. It already has to be listed on there. And it already has to say that this is how many people you can, you know, this is how many people belong in the unit. And after this amount of people, then I'll charge you this. No, that's a fact. We're going to go to a couple more questions. But before then, I want to um, I want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about your um, your course, because like I said, there's no college for this stuff. And as we really think about it, that's really like an eye opening situation because it's like, yeah, how do you learn all this stuff? So, you know, as an entrepreneur and the reason why I like Alexia is be that she's real. Like she's giving you the good, bad and the ugly. She's not sugarcoating. A lot of people would just be like, yeah, I just made a million dollars and it's all good. Nothing is ever all good in business. And the best way to learn from somebody is somebody that actually has experienced it. And actually the good, the bad turbulence running up on somebody, get the strap, get the strap, all of that. That's all part of it. Like, part you know of what I'm saying? Game. So talk about, talk about, like your educational component that you put together? Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, I've been working on my course for a while, um, for a minute. And when I was working on it, it was COVID was, it was like COVID had came. I started working on my course last year, no, to the end of the top of 2020. Uh, when we were, when I did my episode in January, I was working on my course then. Um, and COVID hit and I just kind of got discouraged a little bit, honestly. So I kind of slacked up off of it. And then it picked back up really heavy, really heavy. And I started back on the course. So I've been working on it for a while. And literally guys, everything I know, everything that I'm telling you guys here, it goes into detail in my course. Um, it's extremely informational. It has a ton of resources. Um, I'm gonna do the, the Facebook live group. So I'm just getting into the ins and outs of having a course. Uh, but my thing is, I know my information and I'm able to tell that to a camera um, and tell that to people. So the marketing side, I haven't really got into. I really don't want to tap into the marketing side. Um, that's just honest. But with the Facebook group and the it'll be a monthly subscription. Uh, you got 60 days access to the course and then there'll be a monthly subscription for $199. So I'll hop on a Zoom call twice a month. Uh, with with my course with my course students for us to be able to talk about the process um, and the reason why I wanted to do that do that is because I didn't want to just put these videos out and leave my students just dry you know they have questions they're like what do I do next I'm like I want to be able to assist them until they're able to become super host once you're a host it takes you 90 days to become a super host there's a 90-day assessment so I'm like I want my students to become super host and I want to know what their progress is 
personally, I want to know. I don't want a course manager. I don't want nobody to run nothing. I want to, I want to know exactly what they're doing. Um, I'm just a personal person. You know what I mean? So um, I spend a lot of time on the course. It has a lot of great information. It has PDFs. as a sample master leasing contract in it. Um, and it pretty much gives you steps, step by step from step one to, to actually getting a booking. It talks about the algorithm. It talks about different automated systems I use. It talks about housekeeping. Housekeeping has its own portion. And literally in the housekeeping piece, I'm actually in one of my units with my housekeepers. So it's a hands-on housekeeping segment in there. Um, it talks about photography, getting a real estate photographer. So it, it has a lot of great information inside of it. Pretty much everything that I talked about here, just in detail. No, that's a fact. So, um, all right. And then also you was gracious enough to give us uh, a special discount for anybody that's watching this additional $250 off. Um, so the website is mastering That's the only place to my understanding that that's actually, um, available for that. So we appreciate you for that. I'll put that in the chat as well, but mastering Um, and once again, me personally, I don't do anything unless I'm fully prepared. So, I wouldn't jump in any course, any business, unless mm -hmm. I actually had prepared myself. And you know, courses is one way of doing it. Like yeah. I said, it's like it's like no other business. If you want to be a marketing person, you know, you probably want to go to school at least get a degree in marketing. Like you know, so yeah. that's how I look at online courses. And when Mark Cuban said that he pays for courses and he um, takes online educational platform, he told us that out of his own mouth. He's a billionaire. He's already up four billion dollars. So you know, that yeah. that says a lot, right yeah. there. I, 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 I want to know everybody's mistakes before I start. That's a, I want to know everything. I want to know your mistakes so I don't have to make them, right? Yeah. So you're, you're fast forwarding in my progress because you've already made them for us. And fact. so people got to start looking at it like that, right? Like you're not going to have to make mistakes on your own because you have a blueprint of somebody's actual real life experience ex mistakes. And now you're expediting your, your, your performance. So shout out to Wall Street Trapper. I just, um, I got, I got my sister, his uh, stock course. Yeah. I paid for it. Um, cause she wants to know about stocks and I don't, I don't really have time to really sit down and give her the ins and outs. I know he put together a great curriculum, so I got I got her his course. Trap, you owe me for that, bro. I just gave you I just gave you a plug. Now that's the bro, man. Let's get to a couple more questions before we before we wrap. Jarrell, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted, Jarrell Hardy. Jarrell, Jarrell was a top earner. Shout out to Jarrell. Jarrell, what's going on? Oh, now he did me like that. See? Just, oh, there you go. What's good, bro? Yeah, he's unmuted, but he ain't unmuted. Hello? Oh, there you go, Jarrell. What's going on? Hey, not much. How y'all doing? Good, good. How you going? Good, man. Good. So, yeah, I had a simple question. I wanted to know, like, what's the difference between the single family and the apartments? Like, is there, like, you know, pros and cons to, to, to the difference, you know, to apartments, Airbnbs, or single families? So I just wanted to know so which, is, which is better. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think one is better than the other. They both serve different purposes. So a family wouldn't come stay in a, a one bed, one bath condo, right? And you do get families that travel. For instance, you have people who travel for business. Those people who travel for business who might be, you know, those single guys that might come with maybe one or two people, they they also won't go stay at a home. So the thing that I, I would say about single family homes is, uh, number one, they're seasonal people it has this like down season like school when school gets back in um but the thing about that is is due to COVID a lot of student a lot of uh, kids they're in virtual learning so families are traveling more often uh so the, I don't I don't think excuse me I don't think one is better than the other you just got to think about what purpose you want to serve 
do you want to go bigger? Uh, when it comes to getting a single family home, you have to think about the expenses. So you're going to look at more startup capital than going in, going into an apartment. So that's it. Right. Okay. Thank you. Does that make sense? Did I answer your question? It was kind of short. Yeah. No, okay. yeah, definitely. Makes, okay. sense to, makes sense to me. Appreciate you. Let's go to, we got uh, Tiffany. Let's go to Tiffany. Tiffany, unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Hey, y'all. Doing well. How are you? Oh, Good. Tiffany. How's, how's it going? I love the energy already. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So um, I'm kind of following up on the question that he just asked. And thank you, Alexia, for this time. It's great information. I have like a page and a half of notes already. Absolutely. <laughs> so I was thinking about what you said about it being seasonal. So right now, um, my siblings and I have kept our family property um, from actually from our childhood home. So our parents have passed away and we decided to keep the property. We are in a, um, currently, let me say this, currently we're renting out the home to um, a family, but we're looking at wanting to do an Airbnb. And I thought about what you said about it being seasonal because we're actually um, near Clemson University. So our thought was is to do things centered around football games. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about the seasonal. Is that really a good idea? Or should we just stick to renting and we know every month we'll have income? So so something you have to think about, Tiffany, is what approach do you want to take? So you're already questioning, do I want to just stick with a long-term rental or do I want to take the risk of going to short-term? So with, so you were saying that you guys had your family home, right? And then you said we were thinking about getting an Airbnb. Were you turning that family home into the Airbnb? Is that what you were doing? We would like to turn the family home into an Airbnb so we would take the renters out. But again, I'm thinking about the seasonal thing as far as the football season only being from, what's that? Maybe August, September to maybe December. And yeah. then what would we do? Okay, so let me ask you this. Around that area, how is the tourism when it's not football season? Honestly, it's pretty dead. It's pretty dead. Yeah. So is your is the family house paid off? It is. So everything is all profit. So the thing is, what you can do is you can eat during football season. Right. During football season, and it can account for down season. So okay. basically, the reason why I ask you if it's already paid off is because really everything will be all profit. It's not like you have to make a mortgage or a rent every month. Correct. You, how many siblings do you have? <laughs> it's five of us so yeah we're in it in it pretty deep it's six of us told including myself yeah so how how big is the house how many bedrooms how many baths it's actually three bedrooms one and a half bath all right so i don't really know i can't really speak of pricing because i don't really know the area but during football time you could really people will people will pay anything especially clemson because i know it's a really uh right. college and have a really great football team so i know right. Those fans and those, um, you know, those parents, they'll pay whatever, you know, just to come. We, my brother plays for the University of South Florida, and we have stayed in some really, well, my parents have stayed in some really dingy Airbnbs I would never stay at. And they'll pay 500 a night, but it's, you know, you get those colleges like Clemson where people will pay to stay. So on average, let's just say this particular house went for 350 a night. And I know we could go for that around Clemson. You can might even do 400 a night. So even if you did 400 times 20, right? And, and I say 20 because you might not can account for those. You can account for those 10 vacant days. 
uh, that's not football season, right? Okay. Not, that's not football season. That's that's not where people are not staying in them. So let's just say we had 10 vacant days. You already had eight grand during football season. Uh, so even if we was to keep it uh, on average, even 6,500, all profit is still not bad. And it's five siblings. So if football season lasts for what? How, how long does it last? Like four or five months? Yeah, yeah September, October, November. Yeah, about four or five months. Mm-hmm. $32,000 in half of a year. You should be able to sustain on off season until football season comes back up again. If you do the right thing. Wait, wait a minute. How did you figure up thirty-two thousand dollars? Um, no. So there, I said that because what I did was I just did. Um, I think I did four hundred times twenty. And that okay. Was, yeah. So I said if we do, if we say eight and we take out certain little bills that you may have to pay, or even if it's not rented at that much a night, even I say the the minimum that you can make in a month around Clemson or football season is at least sixty-five hundred or six thousand dollars. Okay. So that's the minimum a month. Okay. That's for Clemson. That's a really great school. They have a really great football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those football fans pay. Football tickets were $40,000. So I know they'll pay to see Clemson. Right. And I and, and what we did this year, and we're, which is why we decided to just do the rental, is because of COVID. Kind of like you're saying, we didn't, you know, the attendance uh, dropped a lot as far as like um, how many they were allowing into the stadium. I think it went from like 80,000 to maybe 19,000 or something. That even um, makes it better. You got even though there's less people, there's there's going to be more of a demand to to come oh. because they're not letting many people in. People want oh. to, they're just not letting people come. Okay, okay, okay. Because um, and then the rest of the time we just use it as a family home, like because it's pretty much what we were doing anyway. And then just wait for the next season, and then just amp up again, basically. That's what you want to do, yeah. Yeah, it's no downside. Yeah, no downside. <laughs> You already okay. own, you own the home outright. You yeah. the it's best, just, the number one football team in the country, depending on the yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Well, this they, year they lost in the national champ. They, well, lost. they 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 made it to the national championship. And they, they no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And last year they won a championship, right? Two years ago. Two years ago they won. Yeah. Oh, wow. and they got the number one player in the country. Oh, so. Yeah, spring football. Oh, wow. I mean, hey, there's always spring football, Tiffany. So. Don't forget that too, because people. Yeah, still, spring game is actually Saturday. People come down for that too, so don't forget that. So that that's another week in the year, or at least a couple of weeks that you can have, right? So you don't forget college students. Well, it's not during that time. A college yeah, exactly. Student. Yeah, I see somebody put that in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, appreciate All right. you, Tiffany. Well, appreciate well, you. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, Clemson got beat down by Ohio State, and then Ohio State lost to Alabama. That's oh wow! Yeah. Well, they wanted the they wanted the top teams. Every yeah, year. yeah. Fact. <laughs> we taking one more. What are we doing? Yeah, let's get like one, two more. Uh, uh, Isaiah, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on, Isaiah? Nope. Oh damn, Isaiah. Can, you can hear me now, right? Yeah, we yeah, got you now. What's going on? All right, cool. Just got in time. Appreciate y'all. Um, I just had a quick question. I'm moving to um, Miami soon. Apparently, that's the theme of the night. That and, is, man. Um, what part? What part? I'm not sure yet. I'm planning on doing the Airbnb thing. and um, Everybody, Everybody's my, moving to Miami. I actually am considered getting a place in Miami myself. Hey, that's where the weather's at. Yeah, man. We enjoy ourselves out there. Shout out to everybody in Brickell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to know, as someone looking to get into Airbnb, do you think it would be better, Alexia, to rent out a whole apartment or to just um, get like a two bedroom or three bedroom and rent out the other two rooms or the other room. Um, And should I mention 
Airbnb at all, like when getting the lease or not? Uh, it would just depend on where you go to in Miami. Some places do allow, um, they're okay with it. Some places are not. Uh, some places you can still do it and you don't have to tell them in uh, the whole building. Like I know I come brickle, it's all Airbnb. Um, <laughs> so you don't have to, you don't have, you don't have to mention it to them. It's all about your approach and, and where you actually, you know, get your lease set. And then with charging the, doing the per room, I don't think Miami's a vibe for that. You know, people, people want to, they typically come as a group anyway. So they would probably want a whole entire apartment. That's not really a place um, where people want to rent different rooms. Like that'll be a mess in Miami. So I don't, I wouldn't do it that way down there. I would just do a whole entire apartment and rent out the whole apartment. They'll pay down there. All right, cool. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you, Isaiah. Yeah, Miami, everybody. I come. Miami. It's a lot of good things happening in Miami right now. A lot yeah. of creatives, a lot of business, a lot of entrepreneurs. A, a lot, lot of good weather. There's a lot of good weather. A lot of good everything in Miami. <laughs> Shout out to the great state of Florida. Clarence. Clarence, we coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? Hey, guys. How's it going? Everything's good. How are good. you? I'm good. I'm good. So I am a uh, super host. I've been doing Airbnb for three years. And shout out to Troy and Rashad. They actually stayed in my place and they came to DC. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. Now that was fly nah, too. Nah, that's crazy. It was fly. <laughs> this is a moment. This is a moment. Nah, Thank, you so Thank you very that's much. Thank you very much. That's so crazy yes, because, no, no, no. We got we to gotta address this situation. That's so crazy because, so we in DC and this is the power of network. You never know. So we in DC over a year ago and uh, we was doing an event um, at the Wizards Arena. Mm -hmm. So while we was in DC, we lined up a few interviews and uh, we stayed at this Airbnb and the Airbnb was dope. It was really, really nice Airbnb. And um, we, uh, Wade, Wade the Barber, b, b and, and Kizia, yep. Kizia, like back to back to back. And it just so happened that Wade the Barber, um, well, you tell the story after this point. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wade the Barber, he cuts my hair, so. And then I actually saw you saw the episode. Yeah, and it was I, like that's my that's my yeah. I oh, saw sorry. the I saw it in his story on on Instagram, and I was like, that looked like my house. I was like, that's <laughs> my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, shout out to you guys. Um, you know, you guys are welcome back anytime. Y'all were perfect guests. I appreciate, appreciate that. that, man. And your Airbnb was immaculate, yeah, was also. So. Um, I Incredible. encourage anybody if they're looking for an Airbnb in DC, in the DC area, check them out. I don't know how they, you put your, your information in, um, but no, check it, his, his, no, nah, it's, it's, nah, it's official. The call was on point. Everything was on I point. I actually asked, I asked a real estate agent, like, yo, how much this house costs? Like, I'm like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> like, this is dope. So yeah, man, shout out to you, man. You did a great job with your Airbnb, bro. But um, what's your question? Thank you. So um, question for you, Alexia. So how do you deal with charges or damages that the the host guarantee won't cover because i had a guest stay in my house for a month and i found out that he was charging his tesla in my garage and airbnb wouldn't cover the extra charges for the electric bill oh my god are you serious <laughs> yes <laughs> all right <laughs> okay, this is a challenge. Hope I didn't stump you. <laughs> Number one, Clarence. That's why I'm not really too for long-term stays, right? 
Um, and then number two, do you have a camera on the house? I, I had a camera on the outside, but you know, when you, when he was back in the car into the garage, I couldn't see, you know, there's no camera inside the garage or inside the house anywhere. So when you put in a claim with, when, with Airbnb, what did they say? They just said they they just said it wasn't it wasn't something that they could cover. I mean, they just said it, it's not covered. They said it's not covered by the host guarantee. That's what. Yeah, they said. for something like that, honestly, Clarence, that that is just they just got over on you, the guest. Um, so that that's like a one. That's not really a char, uh, um like a problem Com that a lot of people will go through. Yeah. Right. That is like maybe one, maybe can happen one out of ten super host. Um, so really, with that, God will get him. <laughs> I, I got some of my money back because he, he ruined my couch. He, they they were smoking in my house, which they're not supposed to do. And there was a big smoke. There was a big um, burn hole in my couch. Yeah. That's why I do not do long term stays. I don't like doing stays longer than two weeks. Um, even and they'll try to they'll try to grab my properties when I my new ones that I first list uh, because most properties are not they're not open for that long period of time there might be one or two reservations within a 30 day period so they'll try to grab those new properties and I'm like nope so what what, what where you went wrong with that is number one you should have made sure you offered a free cleaning in between those in, in between that 30 day stay because ideally what will happen is it'll still fall back on clearance as it did. So if you would have offered a free steak, your housekeeper would have known they were already smoking inside your house. That would have been two weeks. That's two weeks less. Two weeks less. Your electricity bill would have been cut. And then you would have had two weeks less of cleaning. So when somebody stays that long, they basically damn near live there. You know what I mean? It's going to look like that when they actually leave. It's going to yeah. look like that. So if you send a housekeeper in between that time, I'm pretty sure they smoked in the first two weeks. The housekeeper would have would have caught that. It didn't smell like smoke though, because I wasn't. I did go in there like maybe mm -hmm. a week after they were there, and it mm -hmm. didn't smell like smoke. So I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Ma Maggie offered a suggestion. She said maybe in the future, um, if there's a, a way to track your daily usage um, throughout through your utility company, that might be a way to also keep tabs on how much electricity. Where, they use. where were they coming in from? Uh, actually, they were they were local. So Alexia, I, I thought about that. I, you, know, you know why I asked that question? Because they have a Tesla. So you're not just going to rent a Tesla for a month. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not normal. So being that, so that brings me to, I wanted to ask you that. That was actually, you said that you don't rent to anybody that lives in Atlanta. No. It's a red flag. That's why, Clarence. That is why, Rashad and Troy. That is why. I would have been pissed. I would have to go find him. <laughs> well, see, I normally don't do that either, but he told me they had a pipe busted at his house and they just needed hey, somewhere hey, to... You know how many times I heard that? <laughs> 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 but Alexa, tell us why you say you don't... You live in Atlanta. Your Airbnb is in Atlanta. You say you're not really trying to rent to nobody that lives in Atlanta. And from my understanding, it's like... You, why are you staying? Why? Why are you here? You, right. you're, you're cheating on your wife. You're, you're doing something that you're not supposed to do. Why do you why you have an Airbnb and you live down the street? Red the flag. Red flag. Big red flag. I mean, um, that was hard to pass up. It was like it was it was a it was a few grand. No, that's it's not about that. You could have made more with a with a short term. Did you give a discount? No. How how much was your unit listed at per night? Between 
It depends on well, it depends. So between, no, between, between two and three hundred dollars. And what's your mortgage or your rent? Mortgage is two grand. Yeah, so that, that is a really good reservation, but look how much is your bill? How much of a hassle, how much of a headache did you have? <laughs> was it really worth it? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. is that's what I look at, and that's why I like to tell people don't don't look at it, don't look at it, don't look at it don't make it about the money. Because I would rather have my piece than a dollar. Um, and I would, I, I get it. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I get it, Clarence. But that is why, those are the reasons why I don't list to Atlanta natives. And I tell people that when they get ready to book, I don't, I, I accept Atlanta reservations based on my discretion. The pipe busting, I, oh my God, I cannot even tell, I can't even tell you how many times I've heard that. <laughs> so I go through my messages and find that like within 20 minutes. Um, so yeah, that's, I just don't do that. And then also what you can do is moving forward, being that you have a charging station at your, well, wait, did they provide their own charging or was it one already at the house? No, they had a cord that they had a, a Tesla. It was like a cord that hooks up to, to the, the hooks up to the car. And then they were just able to, it was like a regular plug. They could just plug it into an outlet. They had an adapter. Yeah. yeah. So yep. the, and the thing about that is moving forward, you can't really say, do not charge your Tesla cars at my house. Because once people do stuff and I don't and I don't really agree with it, I'll tell other I'll tell uh, I'll put it on my listing like don't do this. So like with makeup, I'll say do not use my white linen for your makeup. Use the black towel because I see it often. But like I said, that's that really doesn't happen, and and they really just kind of got over on you. And I'm really sorry. I really don't have no answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> but All my right. answer to that is just not accepting local reservations. I don't care how much it is. Yeah, um, and, and you can list it too. Like you said, that's a good point too. You can list it. Um, no Tesla charging going forward. Yeah. No, no electric. No electric. Well, I, just, I just restricted access to the garage. To the garage. I, don't, yeah. I don't let anybody. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's another. No access to the garage. That's yeah. another option. But yeah, shout out to Clarence, man. Your, your Airbnb was a, a very enjoyable stay for us. So yeah. and I'm sad you, to hear that that happened. But I want to see it. So send it. Um, I'm, send I'm, I'll put the link in the. Uh, or you want me to send it to you? You want me to put yeah. the put, put the link? Yeah, but put the link in the chat also. Okay. Appreciate you, Clarence. Appreciate you. Put Thank it in you. Put right. the hospitality. Put, put, as well. it, put it in YouTube also if you can. No worries. Come again. Come again. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. So yeah, man. Now that I appreciate that. Um, so yes, once again, ladies and gentlemen, we have almost an hour and 50 minutes of education. And people have asked, like, you know, EYL University was different from this in the podcast. It's like we have a nobody's gonna ever get left behind. We have public school, which is free. EYL University is private school. Public school is our podcast, our YouTube, our social media, which every single day, we have not missed a day in two years. We've been diligent about putting out free information on every single topic under the sun. Um, EYL University is a more custom experience um, where you get to ask questions, where I do financial, I'm a, I don't take clients as far as being a financial planner. The only way I ask, I answer questions at this point in time is in EYL University in that um, two hour time frame. I just don't have enough capacity to actually do that. People bombard me all the time, but like, can I pick your brain and da 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 da, <laughs> and I just can't facilitate it. MG the mortgage guy put together a home buyer's blueprint, which is worth the cost of a mission within itself. I think my financial planning, everything is worth the cost of a mission, but um, it's a community, it's a community. So it's not for everybody, but it's for people that, you know, want to be part of a community want, you know, more of a hands-on approach. It's not a get rich quick thing. We're not promising anything, mm -mm. but we pro we provide a lot of different things. We give you insight on our portfolios. We give classes on real estate. We do um, 
everything that you can possibly think of under the sun, financial planning, MG the Mortgage Guys, Home Buyers Blueprint, weekly classes, um, movie club, book club, um, access to the Facebook group, which is a community within itself, which has infinity groups inside of the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So people have like an NFT club, there's a crypto club, there's all kinds of different clubs where people actually get together aside from us even facilitating anything. So mm -hmm. almost every single day of the week, there's something going on with EYL University. So you go as far as the people that you're connected with. How do I know this? Because I've personally experienced it. My growth has been nobody's self-made in this world. And the people that I'm surrounded with, my peers have propelled me and I've pro propelled them and we've propelled each other and we work together as a group. That's why we have a group chat. And that's why we put the group chat in EYL <laughs> University. Exactly. But that's the same thing. It's no different, you know? So whether you are part of a community. And like I said, this is the same thing that, that universities do. And, you know, institutions, fraternities, sororities, churches, hospitals, whatever. You know, it's, it's people that work together and they they build a community and they grow together. So no different from what we, we have done. Um, like I said, we built a, a university that I would say is comparable to any university, Brown, Yale, Pick one. Pick Harvard. One. Um, but like I said, the only thing is our university is a fraction of the price. So. If you want to join, you can go to eyuniversity.com. We're running a promo, 70% off. Um, and yeah, 48 hours. And that's um, that's that. Price is $600. Yeah. And um, Alexia, once again, she um, is one of the best people I've ever heard speak about this Airbnb. She can go on for hours. Mm. And um, she's has over 20, 30 properties and um, with Airbnb listings. And um, that's not easy to do. Um, and she has done the unthinkable because she survived COVID. Mm -hmm. You survive COVID, you can survive anything. And um, she survived COVID and she's a young, um, 25, young black woman that's killing the game. And it just goes to show you it's inspiration, it's motivation, um, that there's never any limitations that can stop. But it's not like yeah. her parents were Airbnb superhosts. This is a new industry. And, um, you know, she, um, put together intellectual property based off of her information. Um, and she created a curriculum and, um, you know, I'm all for entrepreneurs creating curriculum. Some people have a problem with it, but that's just because they're not thinking fully. They have no problem with any European institution going to school and paying for NYU, for any, you name it, Michigan state, anything. Yeah. You don't even think twice about it. You encourage your kids. If your kid doesn't go to college, you're looking at them crazy. Mm -hmm. You can't even afford for your kid to go to college and you still pressure them to go to college, ruining their life because they can't even afford it. And then they got $60,000 of student loan. If they're lucky. So yeah, she put together a, um, a course to teach people about Airbnb based off her experience. To make that tuition in less than a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we support that. You know, we lend, we lended our platform to her and um, we're grateful. We're grateful for that. And part of lending our platform for her is that, you know, she gave a discount. Thank you um, guys. Especially for us. So it's, it's the website is masteringbnbeyl.com. And that is 250 off. There's no promo code. Like the, just go, that is the price on the website. Um, and that is the cheapest price that you can get her program out there. Um, period. With a T. Like City Girls. Period. 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 Um, so yeah, so once again, we appreciate her. We're gonna be doing a lot of different things with her going forward. She's been um, one of our most prestigious alumni, great mm -hmm. person, um, and she's killing the game, killing the game. So we appreciate her. And uh, Alexia, I'll give you the last words if you have anything that you wanna say. Um, I just appreciate you guys. I love your audience. You guys are great. I'm so glad you guys are even, um, you know, the students, you guys are EYL, EYL members. 
Um, I've never seen anything like this before, especially ran by two black men. So I'm really, really excited for you guys. Thank you guys for even providing this platform. Um, I even learned a lot. Uh, before I had my platform, my interview, I really didn't know much about EYL. But ever since I had my interview, I have been tuned in to the different uh, people and the knowledge that you guys provide. So I appreciate you guys and and thank you. Yeah, we saw you got a vending machine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, saw that. I saw so that. we have to get, like you said, you saw the trucks. We have to get EY, EYL Airbnb up and, up, up, and up and running. I'm on y'all about that. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. That's happening. That'll be that'll be great. And I would just like to say thank you. Um, it's been a, a wonderful way to end Women's Month, man. We we started with on Monday. Well, we started the month with Angela Yee. So shout out to her on Market Mondays. And then this week has just been incredible with uh, the Bajanisa on Market Mondays. And then we had the wonderful Paula McCartney yesterday. If y'all didn't check out that episode, please go check out that episode. Just a powerful story. And now having you here tonight, Lexia, it's been a, a wonderful week. So again, thank you. And thank you to all the women. Uh, last Wednesday, we had the Women's Initiative. So shout out to all the women that did that. It's just been an amazing month. So I hope everybody appreciated it. And uh, anytime we get to highlight our women, we definitely will. And give them the platform to... Uh, display their expertise, man. It, it, there's, a, there's a lot of, of, of black women, women of color that are doing amazing things. And so anytime we get to highlight that, we definitely look forward to. So thank that's, you. That's a fact. That's a fact, man. We, we highlighted three um, black women on three consecutive days, Budgenista, Paula, and now Alexia. Each different. Budgenista is doing financial literacy. Paula owns a water distribution company, a water plant. And Alexia is killing the game at Airbnb. And this is things, you know, we always complain about the media not showing us in the mm -hmm. right light. But, you know, sometimes we can't complain. Sometimes we just have to do things for ourselves. And sometimes we actually have to, um, you know, speak well about the people that are doing these things. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we provide a platform where, um, you know, sometimes you get used to things and you take it for granted. Um, right. But, you know, there's no other platform yeah. that is giving all of these entrepreneurs, all of these people a voice every yeah. single day. Every single day is a different entrepreneur, a different investor. We've been doing this for two years. We introduced the world to some of your favorites um, consistently. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I'm saying? At some point, you know, it's just important to just, you know, acknowledge that. And, um, yeah. you know, sometimes like people have comments and things of that nature, but it's cool with social media, but we just have to um, have a certain level of reverence for, you know, people that actually, you know, help. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the people that we have on the platform help. And I think that we help by having the people on the platform. Yeah. So once again, we're not complaining. We're not asking anybody to put us on a platform. We created our own platform. And it just so happened that our platform is the biggest business platform in the world. So that's just, that's not my opinion. That's a fact. It says it right here. <laughs> Number one. So yeah, thank y'all. Uh, it, it has been a, a wonderful month and a wonderful evening. Uh, so y'all know how this goes, man. Love is love. Uh, we will see y'all on Monday. Yeah, Monday. And shout out to my boy, Ash Cash. He got a dope episode Tomorrow. on EYL Network. We got our own podcast network. He got David Banner. Da 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 David, David Banner. Da David, 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 David yeah, Banner. Tomorrow, 8 o'clock on <laughs> EYL Network, our YouTube channel and all podcast outlets. So check that out. But um, yes, we will see you guys later. Alexia, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Um, and uh, peace out, peace. everybody. Have a good night. Love is love. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop.
your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.